Are you ready to be punched in the nuts by the truth? Then get ready for the number one no-nonsense zero bullshit whiner-free podcast that Time Spiral magazine stated. What Viagra does for old people, this show does for magic players. It's the one, the only, Public Enemies Podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode number 36 of Public Enemies Podcast. I am Tangent. With me, as always, is Dr. Bitch-Ass Jeebus. I mean, Dr. Jeebus. Hey, how's it going? Uh, as <laughs> I've, I've discovered um, after the show last week, it turns out, in actuality, I am not a banana. So You're not? No, what? I just I needed to I needed to correct the facts on that one. I was disappointed, but no, I'm not. A oh banana. man, do I have to go back and edit the show notes from last week? No, that's fine. Okay, all right. Well, well I know I'll just uh, put like a little uh, fixer in this episode to make sure that everyone's clear on that. So, um, yeah. But anyway, we do have a special guest with us today because um, I guess Jeebs really wanted to make sure that we had a. A judge on is that correct? That is correct. So and and why? Before I introduce, why why did you want a judge on? Okay, so I wanted a judge, particularly a judge who has worked at large events that have um, feature matches on camera and who has worked one of those matches. Because last weekend uh, during the semifinals, I want to say of the SCG Invitational. Someone fucked up pretty bad, and I thought it was pretty clear. The people on coverage didn't notice it either, which is kind of embarrassing. That's a whole separate issue. Someone started casting, like, eight drops when he didn't actually have Tron. It was, like, uh, Aziz Ansari or whatever his name is. No, it's, like, Ali Antrazi or something. But, like, it definitely wasn't, like, malicious cheating trying to get away with something, at least not at the the beginning. Because he had two of the pieces in play. And he used Expedition Map to get the third piece, so he obviously had them, and then on his next turn, after he searches for one, he draws an Urza's Land and is like, oh, hey, sweet, and just puts it into play, and it wasn't the right one, so he had four mana, not the eight mana that he was spending, and Uh. it wasn't caught until... It wasn't brought to anyone's attention until three turns later. Okay, I, so I think he caught it before then, but at the time, you know, it was definitely not intended as cheating because, again, he had searched for the missing piece. It's, so there's no okay. reason to cheat. That's dumb. Okay, cool. So Marco, we brought on, who is Mondragon on on Twitter. He was awesome enough to be a guest. Not that we wouldn't have had you on, not to just talk about judge stuff, but uh, you know, you stepped up to the plate and came on Public Enemies. So Marco, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? I thought Jeeves was going to give me a quick summary of what happened, and then we could get into it later, but apparently he wanted to go into the whole story now. So how do you feel about what, what he just said there? Well, have, having worked coverage before, it's like the judge sitting at the table at SEG events. You're more responsible for just, like, keeping track of things that are not obvious to players, like what did he name with the a needle or true name nemesis, I guess, obvious for true name, but just stuff that's not obvious to to the viewers, like life totals. Okay, that's so pretty much your your whole purpose for being there. You're not really watching for like mistakes as much because any big mistake that happens, you have to call over like a secondary judge and he deals with it. Anything quick, 
you can handle yourself. But outside of that, your partner, coverage judge, handles it. Okay, and so so that was my question. That was a discussion I got into with someone. I don't remember what his name is. It was some level two judge. Because I'm saying that judges should... Like, you have a table judge for a reason, and that reason should not be predominantly making sure that everyone is using, you know, SCG-branded tokens. Like, there's a judge sitting there who is responsible in some regard for the match. Apparently, the responsibilities are different than I would have expected. But I don't understand why that's the case. It's because we have this stuff happen all the time. Every weekend, you can easily go to any Grand Prix coverage or any SCG Open coverage. And there's shit that happens that should like, players do something that they can't, whether it's cheating or an accident... And it doesn't get caught till later, because even though there's a judge sitting there, like, responsible for that match, they're not watching it or paying attention. Okay, I just have to interject really quick and just say that before, you know, this is discussed further, I'm totally blown away. Because this is a situation where Jeebus is actually admitting he doesn't know something. So, (laughs) yeah. Anyway, alright, cool. Well, no, I see... Here's the thing. I assumed I knew what the table judge was responsible for. Cause, and you know what they say about assuming. Well, I've I've played in to, like top eight of events where we had a table judge watching our match. I have been table judge watching a match, but it wasn't on camera. And you know, table judges existed before uh, streaming of events existed. And your job was you, like you sat there and you make sure everything that happened was allowed to happen that no one was cheating, which obviously is, you know, can be hard to catch, but that no one was making illegal game actions, or that it, as soon as someone tried to, your job was to step in and be like, no, bitch, you can't do that. So I don't know. It seems that now, because stuff is streaming, the emphasis is focused so much on, you know, using the right tokens or making it clearly visible in super large fonts so that the viewers at home can see whether something selected cons or dragons, that they're sacrificing the actual gameplay as a result to try and... And, I mean, separate argument anyway. Magic's a piss-poor spectator sport anyway. It's fucking garbage for streaming. Um, But that's a whole separate issue. But they're focused so (laughs) much on trying to make it palatable for a stream that games suffer. And, like, something like that shouldn't happen. And flat out, he should have lost that game. Yeah, you know, he had the correct land. He could have played the correct land. But he got, you know, he drew a land, got overexcited, played the wrong card, and that, that like, flat out would have lost him the game. He was dead on board by playing the wrong land. And no consequences whatsoever. And no one paying, and even with a judge sitting there, right next to him the entire time, mm-hmm. no one caught it until it was far too late. And he, I, I don't want to say stole a match, but definitely won a match that he shouldn't have. Right. So, Marco, have you seen anything like this happen, personally? Um, actually, it's kind of funny that you guys bring this up, because I was told that I fucked up in one of mine. And it's kind of like... <laughs> it was the guy! Like... He was the guy, Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> no, like... did, you, did you take the giant Tarmogoyf die and mark it as, like, a 4-5 instead of a 5-6? <laughs> no, this, this was standard, but, I mean, it didn't affect the match, but it could have been fucking terrible. Just absolutely <laughs> so, so let me tell you guys what happened. And I don't know what happened up until uh, Cedric uh, Phillips came up to me and told me. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. So 
I was doing the SEGLA standard uh, day two stuff, and I was sitting at the at the table and I was watching both matches because you know there's two going on since they can switch between uh, like the backup match. Right. Well, I, I was watching both matches and one of them had gone to turns, so I put the die on for turns and then I looked away for the at the other match for a second and apparently the other players had past turn and another guy passed the turn back so I gave them an extra two turns just because oh. I looked away and didn't turn the, the die so gotcha yeah I mean again I looked away like for like a, just a minute and they had or not even a minute like a few seconds and they had already passed like the turn back and forth so I missed the die and they got an, an extra turn that could have changed the outcome of the match but it it just ended up in a draw so that could have been pretty terrible. And so do you know. feel like they have you doing too much? Like you can't possibly watch everything? Is I mean, or is it just that that in that specific instance you should have been focused on that? And because you, if you're watching two matches at the same time, it makes sense that obviously you're not going to catch everything. It's impossible, right? That, that's part of it, and I mean, I'm also communicating to the the people on my headset, like the coverage people, like, oh, hey, the life total changed. Or, hey, the oh, backup okay. match is, like, on game two now. So mm-hmm. I'm keeping track of, like, all these things so coverage has a heads up and not just, like, the match itself necessarily. Because, like, like Jeeb said, um, one of the big things is me giving them the SCG tokens instead of having them play their own custom tokens or anything. So, so I have to watch out for that. <laughs> so you are you are actually instructed, though, in these scenarios, like... Like, let's say in this scenario, like, someone tries to play, like, a Karn on turn 7 and doesn't actually have Tron. They don't have, you know, they have three lands, but they're not the three different ones. Are you expected to catch something like that? Is that even considered part of your job? Or is your job just, you know, fetching those worm coil tokens and, like, talking to the coverage people so they can try and relay what's happening? Well, when I was thrown on coverage, they didn't explain everything, really. Okay. Uh, I just asked the other judge, like, hey, you've done this before, what am I supposed to do? And real quick, he just gave me a rundown, and not necessarily something specific like that, but I'm assuming if a judge, like, coverage judge or whatever, does see that, they should intervene because it's kind of a big deal, or at least say, like, hey, guys, hold on, and then call over the other judge. Well, yeah, I mean, of, of course you should intervene. The question is, is it even, like, did they even consider that part of your job to be looking for that stuff? Because, again, like, I watched um, last week, there was, we wound up not talking about it on the cast, unfortunately. There was a guy who had won, like, a SCG Open while on Shrooms over, like, the whole time for two days. And he had linked to, like, a match he was on, so I watched it. And there was a point, and again, I don't think his opponent was cheating. His opponent was in a situation where he went from, like, definitely about to win this game to completely fucked and desperately trying to stay alive. (laughs) Um... But he dropped, like, a Dragon Whisperer and two red one-drops in one turn, just, like, throwing anything on the board to try and survive. But he had three mountains and a Nick, though, so he didn't actually have the four red mana he needed to cast that stuff. Because he had an empty board, he couldn't use the Nykthos. And, you know, he just threw them all down, neither player caught it, he passed turn. And then you can hear the audience saying, like, he can't do that. And then after about, like, 30 seconds of you hearing all this background talk that, like, no, he doesn't have the mana to do this, like, finally the judge intervened, and, you know, they were able to go back because the other player hadn't done anything yet except draw a card. But there's just so many examples of this stuff. All of this stuff happens, and even, you know, 
going way back here, but like the, the two explorers example, the judge, in that case, he actually did notice something was wrong, and he went to investigate, and the player was just like, no, nah, no, nah, it's cool, and he didn't feel compelled that he actually should investigate what seems to him to be incorrect, and I don't know, like, that seems wrong to me. It seems like there's an incorrect emphasis, and from what you've said, where, you know, your responsibility is indeed maintaining the tokens and talking to the coverage staff and stuff, it, like, it seems like this is a problem, because the only matches where this is happening is top matches at high-level events that, in the past, like, before coverage, they would have had table judges, but those judges would have just been watching the match. They wouldn't have been communicating to anyone or worrying about how this looked to the outside world. Well, yeah, I mean, that definitely makes, like, a big difference, I feel like, because you have to, like, you have somebody in your ear, so if you're trying to watch something and you're trying to listen to the coverage, I mean, that that makes a pretty big difference. So, so Jeeves, I mean, what do you actually think is going on here? Do you think it's, like, negligence, or do you think that there's favoritism, possibly, or what is it that you think is actually going on? Do you think it's just people being idiots? What's, what is it No, I, I don't think happening? it's favoritism, for sure. Um... Well, I mean, it could be, right? The guy could know the guy and be doing, like, you know, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm I mean, wondering what, what your, like, thoughts are. Like, why do you think, obviously it's an issue, but why do you think it's happening? Uh, I think, Well, I think it's happening because, you know, again, it's mainly at, like, Star City events you see this. You still see it on Grand Prix streams. I don't think as much. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also fewer of them, I think. But regardless, like, you see it because they're they're emphasizing trying to improve the quality of the coverage so much that that's, like, their only focus. So now they're allowing people to play poorly in these games that they're trying to focus on. Right, but they're multi- but the, the judges themselves are, are like, multitasking so much that, the folk, that they're not able to concentrate as much on the actual play of the game, is what you're saying. Yeah. Like, if, if you're going to have a feature match, you need to have... And again, maybe people disagree with me. You need to have a table judge who was actually watching the match and making. Sure I don't. That, why would anyone disagree? I mean, you're talking about I don't, high level I, games, right? When I was talking about this again, this all started, and the reason I wanted someone who had worked at these events in this position, like the whole reason mm-hmm. I wanted that, is because someone else who had done that was explicitly disagreeing. Like, no, it's it's not a you know. He's like, I'm a judge, not a referee. Like, it's not my job to watch these matches. But that doesn't I, make. Okay, let's put it this way. He has a point in a sense in the fact that your judges aren't going around and staring over. Like, there's not a judge for every game that's going on at a GP, for instance. That would be impossible. But also, no. uh, but, but it yeah, would, it would technically make a better game. game, right? Like if every ju- if there was a judge for every match to make sure that it was going the way it's supposed to be going, it would make it a better game. So I would think at that high level, you should have a judge watching the game. I mean, is there not a judge watching high-level pro tour coverage? I mean, when you get to the top matches? So why would you not have one watching the game? I'm not a referee. Is That's like... If if I'm playing an F and M and a judge walks by and see me sees me screw up, they're still gonna say something. I mean seriously, like why would you? That doesn't make any sense. I'm not a referee. I'd like to call that person on the cast and have them explain why they wouldn't make a call because they're not a referee. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, he's yeah, saying that, that, it's that not. That sounds wrong. Yeah, he's saying it's. Uh, he's saying it's not. That's not his job. If he's you know in that position, his job is. His job is to enforce the rules of the game. No, it's not. His job is to make sure they use SCG-branded tokens and that, you know, 
the coverage <laughs> people have a vague idea what's going on, but they never do. The coverage people all suck. So he's. Well, I'm, I'm watching something right now, uh, a replay of one of the GPs, and it looks like they do have a, a judge and the coverage guy at a table at each of the feature match uh, okay. tables. And at SCG, they only have the one. So that could explain why they have like a designated table judge and then a designated coverage assistant so maybe that judge stands then wizards knows because that's how it should be like if you need a dedicated coverage person to do the tokens and relay life totals and stuff that's fine but that can't be your table judge because you need someone who's actually paying fucking attention to these matches you like no because it's not their job to referee (laughs) man i i I guess (laughs) well again like they're the whole goal of you know the, the, the coverage person is there to try and improve the quality of the stream and the viewing experience but if every fucking match you're showing is filled with cheating or game errors and shit that doesn't get fixed until three turns, four turns later, like, how does that help the viewers or the viewing experience? You're trying to showcase, you know, the best magic matches you can, and none of these fucking people know how to play, apparently, despite it all being, you know, pros making thousands of dollars doing it. They, none of them can play, and there's no one there to call them on it, and now we all get this awful experience where now there's some judge call where they have to fix it, we have to listen to coverage people speculate, like, oh, I don't know what the fix is. And it seems ludicrous, and I don't understand I don't understand why Star City does it this way and why anyone was defending it, and I'm glad to see it's it's not universal, it's not something that everyone who works at their event seems to agree with, but uh, what were you about to say, Marco? Um, you probably forgot now, since you were yeah. ranting for an hour and a half. I, I, I am No offense. I'm... <laughs> I read. That's what I do. That's what <laughs> okay, so, well, I, I get what you're saying, Jeeves, and um, I, I would also say, like, in, in defense of the judges, even though I think the whole referee comment's about the stupidest thing ever, but uh, in defense to the judges, to some extent, players, pay the fuck attention. I mean, obviously, if you're the one making the play, that's one thing, but if your opponent is doing that to you and you're not catching it, that's also on you, so pay attention to the damn game. Right, and like yeah, this I, one I too. Yeah, I agree like, right there too. Yeah, you are it's, supposed it's kinda, to. It's, you should really know, like at that level, like like what the fuck you're doing. Right. Um, if if you're waiting for like that specific Tron piece to come down, like you should be aware of what's missing. So if you miss it, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean if you're if you're the guy, like if you're the judge that that comes over when that Pascal Maynard or whatever play happens that you were talking about on the last episode where he apparently drew a card looked at it wasn't the card he wanted drew the next card and put the other one back if you if you were watching that happen and you were just like oh yeah well i didn't say anything because it's not my job to referee that's no he immediately called the judge but yeah no i know i know he did I'm i'm talking like if you're a judge seeing that and you don't do anything about it that's total bullshit but like I mean, it, like judges in general aren't going to catch everything, and players need to be aware, self like aware of the game state and and cover themselves and judge for the or not judge referee their own game, I guess. But still, for a judge to say something stupid like "I'm not going to referee," well, Jesus, man, that's I don't care what they say, that's part of their job. You're a judge. I am. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, so I'm a judge, like, but I haven't worked at these events, like I. I haven't been in that actual chair where right, I Right, but I mean, if you ever, like, when someone at FNM told you, asked you a question, have you ever gone over and said, like, what? You want me to referee for you? I mean, come on, I'm not going to do that. Well, no, Jesus. but I'm not, I'm not, 
if they ask, I'm supposed to answer. Uh, you know, <laughs> he said you answer, you know, the questions they have. Oh, I see. So like, but if, if, but if you like... see something wrong and they don't ask, and you just let it go. Right. Like, no, I had an F and M where yeah. this happened all the time, and I really wish. Like, Wizards needs to do something about the dual decks, because they're not standard legal, but there's nothing inside it that says they aren't. So every time a dual deck comes out, we have, like, brand new players in their first F&M, and it's, like, always two brothers or, like, two best friends who are, like, ten, and they bought a dual deck to split, and they're each playing in a legal deck. Like, I don't wait for someone to call <laughs> call them and be like, yeah, I don't think Tezzeret the Seeker is in standard. <laughs> I just want to go to that judge's store, wherever he actually, like, judges on a regular basis. I want to play in his event, because then every time my opponent it looks away for a second, and the judge is looking at me, I'm just going to draw two or three extra cards, and just be, and, and <laughs> well, then if that, he comes over right, and says anything, I can be, I can be like, what are you, ta- dude, I, are you, are you the ref of this match? What are you talking, he didn't say anything, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, that's that's, that, that just sounds wrong. I don't think he said that. That that, that just sounds so wrong. I don't think that that judge said that because... He's calling you a flat-out liar. liar. I talk too much, so I don't feel like scrolling through it, but if you want to go through my feed, you can find the exchange. No one wants that. It really has. I I mean, I don't want to do it. That was two days (laughs) ago. Do you know how much I've tweeted in two days? Jesus Christ. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely don't want to take two days going through your feed, but I mean... (laughs) If if he said that, I mean for sure he's wrong. But that that's definitely not like what like the philosophy of judging or whatever. If you say <laughs> something, don't think so. like you have to say something, you have to do something. You, you can't just walk by and be like, well, he didn't call me, so I guess he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, well, it's it's like he didn't call me, so I don't even. I'm not even gonna look at his match. It's not important. Like, don't even care. Anything could be happening over there. It could be fucking, like, beyond Thunderdome. Doesn't matter. <laughs> what if he was just trolling you and he's not a judge? Um, one, like, he didn't... I don't remember if he said he was or not, but his profile definitely just... <laughs> no, oh he, did, he didn't. <laughs> no, he... Well, no, no, no. He didn't say he was a judge, and I'm like, this guy's out of his fucking mind. I'm like, oh, wait, he's probably gonna be, like, a level 4 judge now, and I clicked on his profile and it said that he was a level 2 judge. It's like, no. yeah, of course you are. That's reasonable. Well, all right. Okay, so I think this is, you know, pretty much, there's not much else to say, right? Yeah, I, I, I guess, basically, if you're a judge and you see someone totally fucking up, don't say that you're not a referee and not deal with the problem, because that's a problem. Uh, that is one problem, and again, pay attention to your opponent's land. Like, the, the second example I mentioned, where he didn't have four red mana... That's, you know, he's playing four mana worth of spells off four land. That's relatively easy to miss. If your opponent is playing seven drops on turn three and, like, you're about to lose, at least make sure they can actually do it. Well, you know, I I was kind of watching that match, and I thought it was pretty interesting that he picked, uh, I think it's the Urza's Mind. Mm. Urza's Mind. The one that looks like a tower, so you could easily mistake it for a tower. Right. So that could well, be already, actually well, shady no, no, no. play. Yeah, I, I thought that I thought that could have been like maybe used. I don't know if it's just his favorite art, or it could have been used like, oh, I have a tower right here. What are you talking I think, about? I think all of his minds were that artwork. Um, but again, like he he obviously didn't notice at the time. He had the tower in play. He had the mine in play, and he drew. Uh, or, I'm sorry, the tower and the power plant. Like he had like the bug power plant in play, and then he drew like the dome sphere power plant, and he was like, oh, so yeah, mine, whatever, and put it into play, and you know that doesn't work. 
because um, it's not a mine. But I'm pretty sure the next turn, when he looked at his hand and saw the mine he had tutored for in his hand, he realized, oh, shit. <laughs> and like, but he couldn't call a judge then, because like he needed to play the the Yugen he played to stay alive. But he that turn needed to, and he couldn't just play the mine either and have it out there and be like, oh well, you know, I couldn't do that last turn, but I'll play it now and play Worm Coil because he needed to play the um the. Well, he could coil. do it because well, if but he then got... he would lose the game. He, well, yeah, he but that, that's well, part of cheating, right? Like, if well, you, right. if, if you... he did that, he, like, cause they, kn- they know each other's deck lists in the top eight. So he knew if he did, if he did that, and was, they were like, oh, well, the Karn stays, or the, the Yugen stays, and whatever, you know, just play the mine and you're fine from here on out, that he would lose, cause he knew his opponent had Vapor de- Snag and he was dead to Vapor Snag. So he had to continue to play this way and play Grove of the Burn Willow so he'd have green mana up. Um, and again, I am, Pretty sure, like by the way he handled his cards, particularly the mine once he saw it in his hand, I'm pretty sure he knew, and at that point was cheating. Um, but you know that that's obviously well, much harder to prove, and that's that's not really what this was about. Vapor snag. How do you feel about modern prices? Uh, I thought we were going to do that next week when we had Marcel on. Were we? Yeah. Oh. Well, why don't you? Uh, you could have just it's taken in the fucking it off shows. there. It says tabled to next week. Yeah, but I wasn't reading your damn comments on there good point so yeah editing this what was that i said have fun editing why would i edit me being an idiot this happens every episode here here is the guy the guy's name is um mark demond it is masticon on twitter if you click on his profile to do wait you you said what's it retweet it oh retweet it so you can see yeah you said mark is this like an alternate profile for marco no 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 (laughs) Uh, okay, yeah, so, yeah, he said, in a feature match, answer questions fast, get tokens, spotters for coverage, make rulings, and step in if you notice something. Uh, yeah, so you step in if you notice something. Yeah, they do. It's, he, did, he explicitly said it's not the ju- uh, the judge's job to see them all, which, again, I just... To see with. them all is, yeah. This sounds like you shaped what he said to make it what you wanted no, he de- he definitely used. There it is. He said, "That's right." The comment wasn't to me; it was to uh, Corbin. That's why I couldn't find it. Oh, okay. Uh, his comment was: "Judges aren't referees; they fix disputes between players. It's the player's job to play magic." Okay. Well, yes, I agree that that's. But he did actually say the right thing to you. He then just said something really, really dumb to Corbin. I mean, I know technically they're not referees, but in the end. You're still there. Right. To well, I said, I said, you know, the matches have a table judge for a reason. The judge should intervene to stop all illegal actions. He's like, yeah, and if he sees it, they will, but it's not their job to see it. Like, no, if you're a table right. judge, that is exactly your fucking job. Your job is to sit there, watch this one match, and fix anything bad that happens. But I guess SCG doesn't care about having a table judge. If SCG has a one judge at two tables, then obviously he's not going to catch everything. I right. Mean, yeah. So, know, so I mean, so clearly it is their official stance that they don't actually care about having table judges for the matches they broadcast. They just care about having someone to help the uh, help the coverage people understand all the giant fucking the mistakes that are going on in the game that they're allowing to happen because they don't want to staff it with a judge. There you go. Yeah. You heard it here first. Jeeves had us talking about something for 30 minutes and really not even telling us the whole story. So there you go. 
I don't understand in what way I didn't tell you the whole story. Because you didn't tell us that the guy's like, yeah, you should, you, you should do all this stuff. You should do it all. It was kind of like, this guy said this. And so we've been going off about how wrong the guy is forever. And he's kind of wrong, but he's not fully wrong because he, I think he gets the gist of what's like supposed to happen and maybe didn't well, said, phrase it exactly said- right. Basically what he said, like, throughout the whole argument is like, yeah, if you see it, you're supposed to fix it, but you're not actually supposed to be paying attention or looking for it. Right. So. Okay. So I didn't, I did not misrepresent. I may not have quoted word for word. <laughs> well, damn it. Get it right next time. All right. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, I, I knew it sounded wrong. <laughs> so let's talk some. It's not some like ad- what he actually said was a whole lot better. It was still pretty fucked up and wrong. Okay, so let's let's talk a little Magic Origins while we're uh, on the subject that doesn't have anything to do with Magic Origins. You put in here about the uh, Origins and Evergreen keyword changes. I, I believe there is uh, three that are being added and three that are going. Is that correct? Nope, there are three new Evergreen keywords. There is only one going away. Uh, that is not what I've heard, so... Okay. You, uh, okay, you can enlighten me then, because I missed which other two are going away. Okay, so Intimidate is one that you have on here, slash Fear, whatever, is, is gone, Well, right? fear, fear, fear... Fear wasn't... It turned into Intimidate, or became Intimidate. Intimidate is now gone, and they'll that will be replaced with Menace, is that right? Yeah, it's called Menace. It's the Goblin Wardrum's ability that can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. Okay. And then uh, also going away will be protection. Oh, and really? I wow! I did not see that protection in general. So like not just colors, but also like creatures protection that is from fucked. anything. And apparently we're play, we'll pretend we're replacing that with scry, which I actually thought was evergreen. Well, we'll talk about no. We'll talk about in, the new ones later. What's the other one removing though? And why would you remove protection? That's so bad. It makes me sad. It makes me so sad. What's the other I, one I know, I, I know, it really does. Actually, it is pretty unfortunate. Um, the other one that they're removing. Oh, everyone uh, go by White Knight because apparently they're never going to print it again. Yeah, exactly. Right. Targets. It's really weird, actually. Um, the other one is, damn it, you would ask me that. Oh, flying. Yeah, bullshit. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, the other one is, oh God, why can I not remember? Well, we'll come back to it. So talk about like, how do you feel about, about Menace, Scry, and the other new ones? And I'll see if I can find the, the one, the other ones going away real quick. I thought you actually had them down. So no, it's fine. I'll just pull up Mara's article. I don't know how I feel about, fundamentally, I dislike Intimidate going away. I disliked Fear going away too, but Intimidate was fine because it was the same thing, just with broader application. I kind of dislike that going away. Um, I don't. I have no objection to them adding menace. Like, it's an ability that's used not super frequently, but in the past mm. it's been used often enough that it probably warrants a keyword, and that will allow them to do it more. Intimidate. I don't like that it's going away. Again, so intimidate was predominantly a black ability, but menace is presumably going to be predominantly a red ability. Oh, from... landwalk. That's what it is. Sorry. Really. Yep. I mean, I understand that Landwalk and Protection haven't been used a lot, but I don't think that's any reason to get rid of them entirely, other than, I mean, if it's an evergreen keyword, then in anything except for a core set, they wouldn't have reminder text, and maybe they're afraid of new players seeing something like Protection or Landwalk. 
mm-hmm. which is used so rarely and not having reminder text, but those are protection especially seems like a really odd. It choice. seems really weird to me too, because then you're talking like because uh, I was on heavy meta earlier and and la di da. Yeah. No, I'm telling you because <laughs> because when they were bringing it up and they were thinking, well, I mean, how much does that really affect and what major creatures? And I was like, well, there's Baneslayer, right? Like that was a pretty important creature, and Baneslayer will never be reprinted again, right? So that well, seems not in a core set, right? well, not in a core set. But the thing, but like, well, um, the thing, well, the big thing it is like protection is pretty sh- like if it's not an evergreen mechanic, they can still use it. But you can't have, like, protection as a block theme. You can't, you know... So, like, in Chamber's where you can have... That, so, so it's just that it's not... Well, that... Yeah, they, they'll print it in a set, just not in the core set, though, right? I mean, Isn't, like, Intimidate's gone forever, presumably. Like, they would not really? have... Most likely. Uh, Menace will see... You know, we will see an increase of creatures with that ability. Because um, I thought the way that... that uh, that TSG was was putting it made it sound like uh, like they are just gone entirely. Yeah, like they're gone, gone. Um, like they're I mean, it it could be the case because again, like neither both of those abilities, if they're not evergreen, where they can use them wherever and has how often as they want, in order to use it again, it basically has to be a block mechanic and like protection or landwalk as block mechanics would be fucking tr- terrible. Um, right. I will say, even though I hate that intimidates going away, just because. You know, fear has been like a big part of the game since I started playing. Because initially, I was actually a black player before I did blue. Um, it kind of makes sense in that, like, intimidate is restricting because the more colors a creature is, the worse it is. You know, if if a creature is five colors, you can't give it intimidate and have it do anything. All that means is like it can't be blocked by colorless, non-artifact creature. Like, Eldrazi can't block your five-color Intimidate creature. So, yeah, Marco uh, brought up a good point here that, um, just for people that may or may not know or understand, uh, Marco, why don't you go ahead and explain what Evergreen is for people that might not know what that is? Actually, I'm not even sure myself. My roommate just brought it up recently. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so I guess I'll explain since you don't know what it is. Um, we've, we've had a similar situation like this before on Public Enemies, definitely, and my stance remains the same, um, which is that if we're talking about something like this and you don't know what it is, then just too fucking bad for you. Like Generally, people. that's true, because that's, this that's is That's generally more... my opinion, but where right. you were actually, you know, on this call, uh, crinkling your trash over there, <laughs> but where, where, are you, where you are on this call and you have that question, then yes, we will answer it. Um, so evergreen abilities are the abilities, crinkle, 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 evergreen abilities are the abilities that can show up in any set. So, like, the most basic one is flying. It was the first ability created for the game. It's been in every single set ever that isn't, doesn't have three kingdoms in its name. Um, you know, it's just the very basic abilities, flying, trample, previously landwalk, and protection, um, first strike, double strike, etc., but it, they're the things, they can show up anywhere, it doesn't have to be a block theme, unlike, you know, Affinity is a block theme, or Bestow is a block theme. Right. Um, so they're, they're the keywords that they can use anywhere as often, or as, like, as much or as little as they want. 
And mainly they were used, that, that was used when it apply, was applied to core sets because it meant that it could be used in a core set. Because up until, like, uh, just recently, you didn't see, like, new, those, those abilities, uh, in yeah, any. Core sets would not introduce new mechanics. Core sets would only use the evergreen mechanics. Yeah, exactly. So that was mainly where it was concerned. And they have reminder text for them, which is great. I really need to know what flying (laughs) (laughs) It's so complicated. Please help me. Yes, but so basically, I mean, it's, you know, it's just the that's that's pretty much it. Jabe said said it the way Jabe's. That's your new name, yeah, yeah. Jabe's. He said what what it is, and that's what's important. So yeah. as you know, I mean, I I think it's kind of weird some of them that are going away. I mean, protection's been around since I've been playing, and and it's well, so it's all, mostly protection... strange to lose that and landwalk to me. But right, protection and landwalk both date back to alpha. Intimidate is just a revision of fear, which dates back to, I guess, technically not alpha. The card uh, fear was in alpha, but it wasn't then used as a keyword until a little bit later. Um, I think it might have been Legends was the first one. I I don't recall off the top of my head, even though it was in Mara's article. Um, But again, like, all of them, I I can at least kind of understand. Like, Protection and Landwalk, they don't use that much anyway. So They're also kind of unfun and not interactive, which is probably what they're trying to do. Like, yeah, and, mean, again, yeah, and again, intimidate, you know, like, you can't you can't have a big, flashy five-color intimidate creature, because then everything except Eldrazi and uh, Walking Atlas, if you don't know the errata for it, can block it. So, that's, that's not very scary. So, I, I can... Ultimately, I can understand them. I am sad to see all three of them go, but... Uh, I will say the additions though. Scry is huge. As a, I felt uh, like Scry was, I really didn't know it wasn't Evergreen because it's been used in the core sets multiple times now. So I, I assumed in, it was uh, two blocks, I believe, so far. It was in Theros block, it was in Meriden block, and it was in M11. Right. Well, M11 being a core set made me assume that it well, was right. Evergreen at that point. But. No, that was when they started doing. They would. They were bringing back a different mechanic every block, um, to showcase. In, or I'm sorry, every core set they were bringing back a new mechanic, and Scry was the one for M11. Right. But well, I, it is, I knew that. Yeah. But like, it is such a basic ability. It is something people really, really love. Um. And it, but again, it's so basic. Like you can put Scry on literally any card. Like with with the temples in Theros, they showed us you could put it on anything. Like, here's a dual land that scries. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, there's there's no limit to the design space. Like, Landfall, for example, is an awesome ability. I absolutely love it. Both myself and, like, all of R&D said it was the ability... It, like, they were shocked it took them 20 years or however many years to actually come up with that ability. But ultimately, it does have, you know, pretty limited design space. Scry, right. Scry, you can throw just like with draw a card, you can throw Scry on anything, and just right. alter its cost accordingly, and it becomes better, and people love right. it. Right? Yeah. Um, but it's well, also- I have a, I have a question real quick for for Marco here before before you go on. I'm just just out of curiosity because I know that you're you judge right. How much do you play? Um. Is it more casual? Do you do you get a chance to play? Because some judges don't play at all, you know. So 
Yeah, I feel like once you become a judge, you kind of just really stop playing. And personally for me, like, I'll judge any and all GPs as long as they're not legacy. Okay. I'm kind of all about that, really, but I well, did start so playing. Are, I mean, maybe I'm mistaken. Weren't you last November at the GP in uh, New Jersey? Yeah, I, I played at that one. Yes, and didn't you day two that one? Yeah, I, I moneyed that one. <laughs> yeah, nice. I was going to say, you were like 8-1 day one, so I definitely yeah. <laughs> don't think it is fair, to, I definitely don't think it would be fair to categorize Marco as one of those judges who never plays the game. Well, I didn't categorize him, he almost categorized himself as that just now, but yeah, no, I was just curious if he did, because I was wondering how much these mattered to him, like how much, does is this something he is happy about, not happy about, does he only really care as a judge because he needs to you know, recognize these mechanics more? Does it, does he... Well, I mean, I, I don't know. care that, like, those are going away because you never see them, and I only really care about competitive play. I'm not right. trying to judge an FNM where a guy doesn't even know, like, that he can't play proxies in his standard deck. So, <laughs> You're kidding me. That did not happen. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm not, I'm, I don't ever want to have to deal with that, and <laughs> if you're judging competitive, like, the people are usually more, like... right more in the know so yeah I, I like judging competitive and i almost never play actually but well know. since since you said you don't want to have to deal with that sort of stuff um have like do you listen to the most of the podcasts i'm on or not particularly as soon as he finds out you're on them he shuts it off immediately so because well, there's a particular story it is like the single most ridiculous thing i've ever seen uh, in any event I've judged. Obviously it was at a pre-release, because that's where all this shit always happens, where no one knows anything. Um, it was, I don't know, like, might you have heard this before? Because I don't want to waste your time if you have. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Say yes, okay. you've heard it, definitely. <laughs> nope, Kenji gets, gets to live the dream again. So it's it's almost as bad as not knowing you can't use proxies in F&M. Um, so, you know, we have, we have like, the basic land we provide for limited events, as all stores do. And, like most stores do as well, we request that people return the land at the end of the event, because we have a finite amount of land, and I don't want to give Wizards $10 every time we have a pre-release for more basic land. Um, I realize it would have to be more than that, too. We would need multiple of them, but regardless. So, we had uh, a woman in the pre-release, and it wasn't until round two that I saw this either, like, she never mentioned it, her first round opponent men didn't mention it, her second round opponent didn't mention it, I noticed it in round two, and, you know, required it to be fixed. She sleeved the cards for her deck, but only the ones she owned. So she did not <laughs> sleeve any of the land in her deck, so she would know which cards to return to us. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't, I don't ever want to have to deal with that. Is, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so. uh, no, I, I can understand not wanting to have to deal with that. Uh, also, ooh, another one you probably wouldn't have to <laughs> want to have to deal with, which happened to me a couple weeks ago, uh, or maybe about a month ago now. We were doing... Uh, I was running a draft at the store, just regular Dragon's Fate Reforged draft, and everyone went through pack through five, no problem. Pack two happens. Uh, after about three picks... There was a kid, it was his first time drafting, so, like, I had I had been kind of watching, because whenever it's someone's first time drafting, I like to make sure that, one, they're not taking forever, um, and two, that they're going at a, or 
that they're not making any like huge mistake or anything. Um, the cards he had drafted, he didn't have them in a great position. So the person to his right thought that his pile of cards that he drafted was a pack being passed to him. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, so he picks up... Even though he had just passed someone, like, 11 cards, he picks up a pile of 18 cards. Yeah. It doesn't notice that they're all, like, two colors, and that there was, like, two rares in it or anything, and just starts pa- But no one else notices. Like, it gets to the point where, like, some dude's passing five cards and being handed nine cards, and still doesn't notice that, like, eh, this probably isn't wrong. It's not until it gets to the point where, like, someone got their last pick and was then being passed a pack of four cards that then they realized, wait a minute, this doesn't yeah, seem th- right. I think I saw your tweet about this. I thought that was pretty fucking ridiculous. You had to, like, restart the draft or something? Yeah, or, I just... Uh, oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Judge Jeebus show, where he tells us all the goofy stories that happened, <laughs> and also that you could hear on episode 35 of Public Enemies podcast. I didn't think I talked about that one. You did talk about that, because we were talking about replacing packs. Oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> Look, I, I live this nightmare every day. I don't think uh, you understand. <laughs> oh, it's it's alright, man. Oh, so, yeah, so okay. All okay, right, so right. yes, but scri- no, scribing back though was a big deal, and what the fuck is prowess? Well, we'll, we'll get there. I just want to focus on scry for a bit, because again, yes, me scry's too. a big deal. That's definitely going to be. It's <laughs> awesome. I love scry. I'm not exactly sure why you want to focus so much on it, but go well, if you'll it. notice, I have this big list of cards that have scry. They can be reprinted in any set. Again, I already mentioned the Theros Block Temples. And I was careful to do that, because those can be printed in any set. Much like the Shocklands, they do not have plain specific names. It is, you know, it is not Temple of Erebos and Temple of some other god. It is, you know, Temple of, like, random emotion or, you know, thing or whatever. So they can, like, that could be, you know, we're not going to have corsets anymore, so it can't be, like, a corset staple for basic lands. But that's now something that can show up at any time. Like those. Oh could... my God! We can get tapped lands with a with a scry ability on any set now. It's great. Well, I mean, if you actually played Magic once in a while, you would understand that those cards are good. No, I know they're good. They're fine. And it means you know it's not the best land, but they're good. They're solid. No, but you know they already printed Underground Sea, and they're not allowed to print it again. So now we have to make <laughs> do. Oh, so you're comparing the, the Scry lands with Underground Sea. I gotcha. That's no, you said good, it's not the best comparison. land, so I said what the best land is. Well, it yes, is Underground right. Sea. Yeah. It's also so, not the second best land. How about that? But, no, yeah, okay. Tundra. <laughs> God, you're such an asshole. All right, yes, I'm you're right. Saying. They can do that anytime they want to. And, you know, they can reprint, like, Seaman Visions now anytime they want to, but preferably not with that FNM art. You know what? No, you've killed my buzz. I don't even want to talk about the character. I No, I think it's amazing, man. I want to talk more about Dissolve. No, th- that one's actually a pretty big deal. Like, No, it's an awesome card. I think it's, it's an great. awesome card, and as someone who's sick of opening fucking cancel in every set, like, I'm okay with Dissolve being in like every large set instead of cancel. Yeah, Which is, cancel. Yeah, I agree. Right? Like, Do you think cancel. that's going to happen now? Because I still it's not going to be in like every set. And that, I'm, and they will well, start, I mean, it could. Yeah. They could theoretically replace cancel in every set with dissolve if they wanted to. They but could, I like, don't see it happening. 
Because we don't have enough copies of Cancel yet, Jeeves. <laughs> That's true. There's not enough out there in the West. Uh, no, I mean, it's it's something I could see them wanting to keep in standard. Like, they they have this huge problem where Counterspell should cost two and a half mana. Like, they admit Counterspell is too strong, but they also admit the Cancel is shit. Yeah. So that's why we keep getting three mana spell. Like, we got Dissipate multiple times, because if it's going to be three mana, like... They need to add, you know, half a mana worth of value, and so that was what Dissolve was, and Dissolve, you know, Dissipate was great when it was in Innistrad, and you actually had, like, Flashback and Snapcaster Mage and stuff, but outside of a graveyard theme, like, Dissolve is, I think, the best replacement we've seen, really. So that's well, pretty exciting. And Brown Sil- itself. Silgar Scorn. Silgar Scorn is kind of pretty super sweet. That's super block-specific, though. Is it? Yeah, I guess. Well, it's it has Silumgar's name in it. So I like guess one, it has Silumgar's name in it. Two, it has a Dragon's Matters uh, mechanic on it. Like you can't print even even if it had like even if it was called you know Scorn of Bad Counter Spells, like you still can't print it in every set because most sets average what like one rare and one Mythic Dragon, and none of them are blue. Like that's fucking trash. Yeah, because yeah, they've never true. just never just reprinted a card with a different name before, right? No, obviously they could do a functional reprint, but again, it's trash, and it has a it has a mechanic based on dragons mattering, and that is very block specific. Like they're not going to do that. Yeah, you're ne- you're never playing with dragons ever again after this. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. No, again, every set has like one rare and one mythic dragon. That's pretty much the average. Like. And they're never fucking blue. Like, ever. So, no, it, again, it's something they could do in another, like, dragon-themed block, or something where, for some reason, there's a heavy number of blue dragons. But that's not going to be a replacement for Cancel the way Dissolve can be. Mm-hmm. And again, I do think um, Drown and Sorrow is also a huge deal that that can keep being reprinted. Because they've reprinted Infest a ton of times. And with... With four mana Wrath of Gods being a thing of the past, having an infest that also gives you additional value is huge for control decks. Well, yeah, maybe they're just trying to replace all those shitty cards with uh, the shitty cards with Scry on it. Right, but they're like, oh, here's strictly better cancel and strictly better infest or uh, infest. Like, we promise we're trying to make control playable. (laughs) We know it's bad. I hate the state of control. But, right now? Yeah, well, it's been... Well, I mean, there's more control right now than there has been in a while, oh, I feel like. Control's fucking awesome. I love Esper Dragons, and I, right, I'm not it's a big just, fan of blue. <laughs> I don't know. It's Control Like control now is different than control for the years and years and years I played it, though. Like, Yeah, yeah, but that... And I, again, that, no, that's, now, that's on me. Control. Like, I, you know... I'm the guy who wants to play 20 counter spells in a deck. During, right. during Time Spiral Planner, um, what, yeah, Time Spiral Ravnica, I think it was, um, I was playing 20 counter spells in, in a standard deck. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll Yes, because you literally want to play a game where your opponent does nothing the entire game, is what you want to be doing. No, they do, <laughs> they do stuff, and I respond to it. That's Again, doing like, nothing. No, like, it's not. If, if, if their spells never actually get anywhere, then they're not doing anything. You know what's doing nothing? Is two aggro players who never block and throw all burn spells at each other's face. Like, that is the least interactive form of magic. 
I, I didn't say they're both it, pretty it, shitty though. They're yeah, they're both. Well, again, can, no control is like control is the most inter. Actually, the least interactive form is you know the douchebag who masturbates and wins on turn one. Uh, but control is the most interactive form of magic. For the person, well, I guess if you want to call it that Every way. single thing you do, both people need to think about it and make decisions. <laughs> like, if you yeah. disagree that control is the most interactive, you're wrong. It's the most interactive, but since you're not the control player, you don't like the interaction. And that's not my problem, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, that's, that's part of the goal of the deck as well. Mid-range is more interactive than control. You have to deal with you have to deal with the aggressive side of it and the control side of it. That makes it more interactive. Well, I, th- I think it's not necessarily more interactive, but it's more of the interaction that wizards want and like right. players really well, I guess like that's, dropping yeah. siege rhino and turning it sideways over and over isn't like super interactive the way a control deck is. It is it's if like, someone hey, has to card that you has to blast it. I mean, seriously, dude, what? What is your definition of interactivity? It's when two people are playing playing spells that actually they have to uh, like respond to, right? Well, if a siege rhino is is punching you in the face over and over again, you have to do something about it. That's interaction. No, you don't. You have to. Fly, you can just fly over them with storm breath dragon. That's that's you're talking about right now. I'm just talking about in general. Like mid range generally is a deck that you have to be able to respond to, and it also has responses for things other people do. And it may not be like every single time a person casts a spell, the other person reacts to it, but all you're doing is keeping the person who's not playing counter spells from doing anything. That's the only reason why I say that. Yeah. Technically, you're interacting, but the other person's never doing anything. They're playing spells that they can't play because they're can- countered every time. So technically, they're never even playing the game. You are, you know, and that's fine. You can still if you want to be that way, player, though, it's not like control decks win every game ever. Well, you're talking about twenty counter spells, though. And back then, if you if you were playing smart, like control, yeah. But if I, you know, if it's turn played. thirteen in a game and I'm top decking Manatide, I don't think you're that unhappy about it. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, now we're just getting all trivial about everything. So let's yeah, uh, got, got pretty far away from prowess now, right? Right. Right. <laughs> we did. So we... prowess. Yeah. I don't answer really the care. expert on magic who doesn't even know what prowess is. I know what it is. I was asking. Well, all right. What is it? Tell us what it is. What did you it's... tell us? <laughs> prowess is when, like, uh, if a spell is played that turn, the creature gets plus one, plus one, or whatever. Right. All right. So. Yeah, if you play because yeah, you had too much gets. warning, so you could go to gather and look it up. No, I didn't. I I literally have. It's not a. It's not a, an ability that I've used, but it's something that I. Yeah, I do. I'm aware of what it does vaguely. Like that's about all I can tell you. I've never actually used prowess, so I don't know. You miss it out, man. Uh huh. Actually, no prowess. Again, it's another really basic ability. Um, it, in fact, it's so basic that. It's almost basically to the point that there is no additional design space. Like, again, it's just something you, like, throw on creatures to make them better. Like, there's, right. there's not lots of different... Like, flying, like, it's just super basic. There's not a lot of ways to use this, but you can put it on anything you want, so it's whatever. But it also, it adds a huge amount of depth to... Since they're, like, hyper-focused on creature combat, is that's what magic needs to be. It adds a huge amount of depth to that. Because if you have a bunch of prowess guys, and you swing at your opponent with mana open, and it looks like you're making a bad attack, like, now now you can totally get in your opponent's head and potentially blow them out. 
um, you know, I, I know there are people who were against prowess and didn't think it was good. I think they're using it wrong, but it's, I, I, mean, it's I think fine. It's, it's more it's more relevant, like in the eternal formats where you can play the Phyrexian spells and stuff. Right. Well, like, it, it's most relevant in limited. Like prowess, for the most part, isn't going to be tearing up. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I definitely don't play limited, so I couldn't even say. Uh, okay, right. yeah. like prowess, prowess, I think adds a ton of depth to creature combat for limited. Like for limited, I I enjoy it being there. But yeah, again, it it definitely is mainly eternal formats where yeah you have Cataxian probe, or in the case of vintage, you know, which is like oh I'll play like turn one Lotus Monastery Venter, <laughs> Mox 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 Ancestral. I have like yeah. five more guys. GG. Um, but that's another thing too, like. There's, you know, there's a couple really good prowess cards, like the Monastery Mentor and the Monastery Swift Spear uh, for Eternal formats, and then Seeker of the Way for Standard. I don't know if it's... I think it's a little modern, maybe? Probably not. I don't know. Um, these are cards, like, thematically, obviously, yeah, they all... You know, a couple of them have Monastery, they're all monks. So there needs to be, like, the right sort of tone for a set in order for them to exist, but they're still not... They're not plane specific in the way that, like, you know, fucking Mycosynth Lattice is plane specific. Like, as long as you have a setting where it makes sense to have monks, you can have these cards. And these are, you know, these are things that are really good for, like, for them to reprint. Like, mainly I just want more Monastery Mentor foils, is what I'm getting at, because I want to play an Invented. <laughs> that's, okay. That's what this Well, I mean, I, yeah, it's fine. Like, I, I think it's a little weird that it's, like, it just happens to be such a new mechanic that they're that they're making, but I guess if they're that that they're doing this with, um, it seems like it would usually be a mechanic that's been like Scry's been around for a long time, and it's something I can understand. Uh, Menace is obviously something new, right? Uh, well, has that I, it's been, been around since Fallen Empires, but other than well, that. the concept of it, but it, was it called Menace back then? No, it's a new keyword. It's right. It's the keyword, keyword is what I'm talking about. Not right, right. That's what I'm referring to. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I really don't have any more to say about like these. I think it's it's fine, but I wish that I, I don't really understand why you need to take the ones away in order to add these ones. Like it just seems like you still have protection that way you, i mean it's not like you have to use protection all the time you can have it and not use it for like three years you know just you bring it back when you want did he explain it in his article Morrow, why they removed it um, I really... honestly he probably did but i didn't get a full chance to like <laughs> well for i don't he's i don't know so prepared blow me. <laughs> uh, i don't know why because you know, for, well, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that it's the interactivity. Like, they don't want like new players to just die to like these things they can do nothing about, and that sounds more to me what makes sense. I, mean, I would, I would imagine a combination of interactivity uh, as well as just the frequency. With like, they're very limited in how many landwalker, how many protection creatures can exist in a set. So I, I understand, I understand what that. you're saying, but I'm pretty sure that Magic survived like 20 years with these things being available, and it's been fine. So but they were why, available, but they were also they, used sparingly. I mean, and they could still be used sparingly. Like I just said, you don't have to use them for three years, but at least if you have them as evergreen mechanics, they can be. If you right. take them away, then they can't. But if so, again, part of being an evergreen mechanic is you assume everyone knows what it does, so there's no reminder text. So again, where there's now no core sets, if a new player joins the like comes into That's the game, true. 
there's never they will never see a card that has protection that also has reminder text telling them what that means. Yeah, but a brand new player isn't going to know what flying means either. Well, shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, fl- especially trample. Explain trample is hard even once. Trample you- is the only evergreen mechanic that is actually like difficult. Though, right. In well, any way. Like flying players, is especially. super fucking easy. Although trample's worse with protection, so at least that aspect of protection being gone will be nice because trying to explain to new people why the hell like the guy with protection doesn't totally block that 6-6 six, six trample guy is annoying as hell. I don't so. think most people had a problem with that, though. Well, I don't uh, think I came I, across I, enough new people then. Yeah, no, I do. I, 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 I had a bigger problem I explaining old... To- like, because it used to. It used to work that way. And I had a bigger problem trying to get my brother to understand why it is different now than I did ever trying to get a new player to understand why it works the way it works. Okay, what were you going to say, Marco? Yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty difficult either way, like either with the older, with the new rules, because, I mean, it could make sense that it works either the old way or the new way, and you have to explain it to not necessarily even a new player, like players that have been playing for a while and get into a competitive tournament, and then they're oh, yeah. like, okay, so am I supposed to block this with a bunch of protection guys or just my 2-1, you know? Yeah, back in my well, manuscript. I mean, in a competitive back- tournament, you can do anything you want, though, because it's not like the judges are supposed to be watching anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but back in back in when I was on Manuscrewed, um, I remember listening to another podcast where this guy was not really, like, he shouldn't have been trying to educate people on how to play Magic, and he... Basically intervened in a match at his F and like F and M or game day or something like that, where he was explaining to someone that the trample damage was stopped because of protection, and he he actually like there was no like judge at the store, so the guy running the, the store agreed with that game. guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the guy they just he was the go to guy for the information, and he told them, and then I had to like message him and be like look man that's totally not right (laughs) like like that's not the way that goes and and so then he i mean he had to take it back on there but a guy who was doing a podcast trying to tell people how to play magic got it wrong it's happened Uh, maybe it doesn't happen all the time for you but it's happened you know so it's it's something that can happen and it's something that will happen uh with pretty much any mechanic out there people are going to screw up but it just seemed like oh, protection yeah. and trample were uh definite ones that were easy to screw up so okay i i'm a little disappointed i'm just going to bring this up for a second because norv's apparently because he i i'm guessing are we really going to give him airtime without him showing up I, though not about the the t- subject matter norv's has been going off on something on twitter if you want to find out what that is you can look it up we gave him the opportunity to come on here and defend himself. And After uh, he asked literally every podcast in the world if they would talk about it. If they would talk about it. And we said, come on, and you can talk about it, and then we'll discuss this with you. And I know Jeeves had his thoughts, but I really wanted Norbs to be able to... I think part of the problem on Twitter is the fact that it's 140 characters where people are arguing... And you can't really ever get someone to understand your point. Once you rub people the wrong way, they can just shut you off. 
I wanted Norbs to come on here and say what he wanted to say and then to be able to talk to him. And if he can't be rational about it when discussing it, that's one thing. But like on Twitter, that's just that's just where everyone is an idiot anyway. So it would be nice if he would have come on here and defended himself. But no, he won't even respond to us. So I'm just saying like I'm disappointed in Norbs for not being willing to to do that. That's it. Like if you want to find out what Norbs has been going off on lately – Feel free check out Norbert eighty eight on Twitter and find no, out what he's. No, don't no. If you want to find yes. out what Norbs has been doing or complaining about, save yourself the time. He's wrong. He's <laughs> always wrong. It's terrible. I, I'm saying it because because people get to find that out for themselves. I mean, if if everyone else has to see it, then why am I going to spare anyone else? Right, they but if you encourage people to look at the train wreck, then I get stuck in traffic. Is that what you want to do? I want Norbs to come on here so we can talk to him. That's what I want to do. I'm just surprised because Norbs has never, like, not done something like this. And so it's weird to me that he just all of a sudden, maybe he's afraid to talk to you because he thinks he's just going to get trampled. Because he will, because he's fucking wrong. That's fine. But unless we're going to actually elaborate on what the fuck we're talking about, there's no point in saying that. I just want to say. Someone owns something, Norbs wants it, they said no. And he can't accept that. That's that's it. See, you were you said more than I was going to say. So, like, I mean, that's what it is, you know. Okay. He, he made someone an offer. They said no, and that's just not good enough. Now he's right. trying to rally the entire world to his cause, like, you know, strong but I, but arm this person into more. selling me. He this has thing. reasons to believe the things he does. Reasons he feels the way he does. And it's not like, like, that's the simplified yeah, uh, version. Tangent? That's why I want tangent? him to come on and explain. What? You know who else had reasons to believe the things that he d- does? Like, Son of um, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm, sh- I'm sure he did. Like, Except for that's like dogs talking to you and all that kind of stuff. And I don't want to well, get I'm sorry, a that. dog told me to do it is still a reason. If he, like, he really believed that, just like Norbert really believes all the stuff and he says. And a thieving magpie told him to do it. So he had a reason, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. All but right. I'm okay. Okay, look, you know what, Namit? All right, Marco, <laughs> you know the situation, right? And and you talked about this. So I'm gonna say it because you keep fucking. This is passive aggressive bullshit, and I wasn't gonna I bring am it actively up. Actively aggressive, sir. No, you're <laughs> still being passive because you're like he wanted to buy something and this, and he wouldn't, and they wouldn't sell it. So. That's just being vague. It's though. not just okay, vague. Well, passive aggressive to begin with, now vague. But the, aggressive. <laughs> that's not what they say. But anyway, so wow, okay. you ask them all how your mom was. Like they're I just coming out the door, and you ask them like, "Hey, how's my money <laughs> on the weekend?" Right? I mean, I have to know these things. But anyway, so. uh Wait, All right. Get paid to fuck your mom? I'm so confused. Not me. It's the other people, right? Well, then why do you care how she is? Well, because like, I, I, it doesn't give you warm fuzzies to know. I don't that, like, make as much money if she's time. not giving good service. So. All right. That's fair. All right. Anyway. Probably incorrect, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so Marco, how do you? Okay, you know that this is about Norbs wanting to buy the original thieving magpie art, and he talked to the guy, and the guy won't sell it to him. And how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I can understand Norb's position in all this. It's kind of frustrating. And I think it was just, like, blown out of proportion. Like, his frustration um, to sound like, oh, well, he's being a dick because he can't 
accept that it's not his, and maybe he was just like frustrated. And he was like, "Damn it, I want this piece. What the fuck?" And right. And not even with that emotion, he was probably saying that, you know. And <laughs> everybody was like, "All oh, like, oh man, Norb is going fucking psycho," you know. And I just don't see it that way. Having met him in Vegas, he's really soft spoken, and I can't imagine him really going like. Well, it's mostly ballistic. just that I've seen like page after page after page of tweets about how he thinks this guy should be selling it to him, and he doesn't understand why. And the guy is just a mag- uh, just a magic art hoarder, and. You know, why would you not want to sell it to him? Why would you not want to sell it to someone that really wants it? You know, it's just, it's all the questions. And I mean, I'm sure that if I was... Like, he is of the opinion that he is the only person, like, he wants it so no one else in the world wants it. No one could possibly appreciate it as much as him. So the entire world should help him to make sure he gets it. But I think it's more, I think, I don't think that's exactly what it is. I think it's like, no one, it's not that no one else appreciates it, it's that no one else wants it as much as he does it's the it's and it's not even that it's that this particular piece this guy is more or less just hoarding like he doesn't want to sell it it's not like it's the most important piece in his collection to him it's not like he's madly in it love doesn't with matter it he owns it it's his i, I agree with you but but i'm i'm not going to misrepresent paper, what not... norbs is saying what i'm saying is this is what he feels he feels that the guy is like is just not is, no, we're it gonna does stop not this. appreciate hold on, hold on. Tangent, as much tangent, as he does. Tangent. We're going to stop this right now because I know you're deliberately just taking Norbert's side to try and cause... I'm not, I, no, I'm not. I'm and you know he's saying, wrong. I'm deliberately <laughs> saying what he feels about it. Understanding what he feels is not the same thing as taking his side. When it all comes down to it, the guy owns it. I mean, it's like just because a guy says that they like my car more than me doesn't mean that I'm then forced to sell my car to them, Right. So, like, I'm not taking Norb's side. What I'm saying is that's his mindset in it, but the problem is he needs to get over it because that mindset is still wrong because just because you want something more than someone else doesn't mean it's yours. That's, that's not the way it works. All right. right? Can, we like, be, can we be done with this? Fuck you. In conclusion, fuck you, Norb. With all due respect, Jeebs, you're an asshole. See, <laughs> you can't just say with all due respect and then, like, that doesn't make it right. What are you talking about, Jeeves? No offense, but you're a really big asshole. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, my okay. bladder is telling me it's about time to wrap this show up. So. Yeah, I'm sure Marco's been on here going like, Jesus, are these guys ever going to be done? So, <laughs> but really, we appreciate you coming on here at the last minute and being, you know, talking uh, judge shit with Jeeves that, you know, because he's a whiny little bitch. So. Eh, I mostly just wanted someone... In whom's general direction to rant? In whom's <laughs> general direction? There you go. That that so. I think that might actually be grammatically correct. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, uh, yeah. Do you have any any shout outs by any chance, Marco? Uh, shout outs. Yeah, we do that sometimes. It's okay to say no. We understand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, shout out to pretty much everybody that was at the compound um, in Vegas. Yeah. Which one were you at? Were you at the main compound or no? Well, no, the, the main one with, like... The main the, one was the compound, right? No, the main one was HQ, which HQ. had, like, the brainstorm okay. guys and the heavy metal guys, like, uh, Kevy and stuff. Yeah. But the compound was just, like, pretty much everybody else. Oh, okay. And it was, like, two pretty big houses. And everybody oh, there was... Okay. so there were the houses next to each other on those two? Yeah, it was, like, a, like a closed-off cul-de-sac. So oh, 
So yeah, it was fucking sweet. Um, everybody there was cool as fuck, and it was all good times. So shout out to all those guys, and Shane, Creature Mystery, for putting that together. Um, so yeah, it was pretty sweet. Cool. And fuck Blue. I hate Blue. Too much power. Blue, <laughs> blue is the best. Yeah, that's it's the best. That's why I don't play it. I'm trying to play like... like a, What's it called? Well, it's the most fun, magic, though. Don't you want to have fun? No. It is difficult. No, like, it's the hardest to play. <laughs> it's, the hardest to play. it's the hardest to play against when you have to play. No, it is, like, it is the hardest to pilot. I don't, I don't know. But anyways, fuck blue. That's why my legacy <laughs> deck is everything but blue. And nice. I crushed blue decks all day at Jersey. And that was fun. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I agree. Right. So, uh, yeah, Jeeves, do it. Shouts. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to the first Modern Masters box that I opened this evening, and to the Comet Storm and Foil Comet Storm inside, uh, which were two of the three mythics in the box. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it took everything I had not to rip the Comet Storm in half. I was so angry. Uh, that's it. No, my, my only shout out is to Foil Comet Storm. Fuck you. Alright, well, I want to give a shout out to, uh, Heavy Meta, thanks guys for having me on finally. Uh, Kevy and, and uh, Raging Gumby and TSG, that was cool. Uh, shout out to Marco for coming on, that was cool. And uh, an anti-shout out to the fucking art hoarder that won't sell <laughs> Norbs that piece. And therefore, this is something you guys aren't thinking about. The reason all this shit's going on is because that fucker won't sell that piece to Norbs. So hey, we have to what? listen to this nonstop bullshit until he sells it. What? He's going to sell it to me. Is he? Sweet. <laughs> there you go. See, that'd be fine because well, see, then you, have you to could fuck you have with to Norbs underst- forever. Right. You have to understand that somewhat Norbs is like, oh, he has 90 pieces of Ari. Like, it's probably in a closet being damaged, which is an absurd... Like, the things are yeah. the size of an index Just card. Just because you have 90 pieces of art doesn't mean that you have them, like, in a damp basement. Right. You have 90 like... pieces of 5 by 7 inch artwork. <laughs> like, original magic art, for the most part, is fucking tiny. So, like, that's, like, one wall. But, uh, no, see, if you own that much of this, like, if you collect something super expensive like that and you own a lot of it, clearly money's not an object to you. So you can't get it by offering money. So I had to offer him something that you can't buy, which is the satisfaction of picking, uh, pissing Norbert off by selling it to anyone that wasn't him. Like, <laughs> you can't buy that type of happiness. You're actually trying to pick that up? He's selling it to you? Uh, I'm trying to pick it up for specifically that reason. Oh, that, that'll be... That is, that'd if be you funny. did that, dude, I would... That would be hilarious as hell. I mean, it'd be so <laughs> disturbing for Norbs, but I really, I, if he doesn't sell it to you, he needs to fucking sell it to Norbs because one thing, I think we're all fucking sick of hearing about it. So, so. um, yeah, yeah anyway. Uh, anyway, I guess we're done. Um, you can find, uh, where, Marco, you're on Twitter. Uh, I already said what you are on Twitter, but you might as well let everyone know again just so they can find you if they need to. Yeah, my Twitter handle's at Mondragon, M-O-N Dragon. Um, Yeah, pretty much that's, if you want to get a hold of me, that'll work and be the fastest. Cool. All right, and uh, Jeebs? I am Dr. Jeebus everywhere. The end. Two E's.
Two E's. All right. And usually an underscore. Yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, between the, between the E's, there's a, there's an underscore. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I'm tangent dyn pretty much everywhere except Facebook where I'm tangent mana screwed. And anyway, I think uh, until next week, or I I'll be on vacation next week, so two weeks. We'll talk to you guys later. No, we'll have public enemies next week. It's going to be the Doctor Jeebus monologue hour. It's going to be, be the Jeebs and Norbs show. So check in then. <laughs> All right, later, guys. Suckers, suck so hum MCs, you can't rock the kids, so don't cut the cheese. Take this application to rhyme like these. My rap trend hot 110 degrees. So don't stop facing, I'll stop placing. Bet on that you'll be disgracing. You and your mind for my beat for my rhymes. A time for a crime that I can't find. I show you my gun, my oozy ways to come because I'm public enemy. Number one, one, one.